Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hot Mic here on the Outlaw Nation channel. I am the outlaw himself, John Roca, joined as always by the Insnider, dropping scoops and dropping poops. Jeff Snyder, how are you feeling? How are you? How are things? Let me get that microphone going, actually. It might work. That might work if you get the microphone going. Why Why be prepared for the show? Why start now? Why start now? Show them the shirt that you're wearing and you're... I'm all dressed up because I just finished recording a po- an Oscars podcast with a friend of mine, Lights Camera Jackson, and you're wearing all dressed up, don't know what to do. Grab a Roka and a microphone and do a podcast too. There you go. Woo! Still no desk for Jeff. You're right, but the desk, desk is coming is today, Rumor guys. That's why. Today. That's why we're taping early. Yeah, because the desk yeah. is coming this afternoon. We don't want any interruptions while Jeff is uh, getting the desk from people and putting it together. Uh, Stephanie, uh, I mean, uh, someone's going to put it together for you, isn't there? I, I can't imagine you're going to put it. Well, together. it's put together. Oh, it's put together. Hopefully, already. It, can, hopefully it can get through the door. <laughs> Go legs first, bro. I That's didn't even fun. think about that. Hopefully it can get through the door. Well, Shit. I'm sure they'll put legs first and then angle it. I mean, how long is the desk? They're not doing anything. This is, cr- I don't, I'm going to oh. have to like find someone on the sidewalk to be like, can you help me get this up to my apartment? Cause it's curbside delivery. Wow. That's a shame. That is a shame. That's what happens when you buy secondhand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was reading Gary Goleman's um, book, Misfit. Do you know who Gary Goleman is? I've heard Gary Goleman before. What, what's the book? about? You, first of all, you would love Gary Goleman because really? he's a guy okay. who has de- dealt with depression. Oh, uh, his, okay. his big special his HBO special is called The Great Depression. Okay, um, and the book is, is he a he... stand-up or is he a writer? Yeah, he's he's one of the best stand-ups out there. He's wow. fucking hilarious. Okay, um, but he disappeared for a while because he struggled with depression, he, and he took two years and moved back home to his childhood bedroom to live with his mother at forty-six Ooh. years old. It's like a Brian Wilson situation. Okay, and and I just started the book, and but there was like a a little passage about how like Gary's like, you know, Ma, why don't you ever take me to like yard sales? And she's like, because yard sales are for poor people, Gary. And Gary's <laughs> like, but but we're poor. And she's like, Jews don't go to yad, to yard sales, gay. <laughs> Which is That's true. My true. mother, if I had been like, Mom, let's go to the yard sale, she'd be like, we're not going to a fucking yard sale. <laughs> we don't do that. 
You know, we had uh, – we're not allowed to have yard sales in the um, housing complex, residential complex that I live in as part of the HOA rules. Yeah. So the way people get away with it is they call it an estate sale, and it's literally a fucking yard sale. Like someone down the street just had a That's yard smart. sale. And they put out all their fucking furniture. They're like estate sale. I'm like, there's no estate here, first of all, in a single-family home. And second of all, that is a fucking yard sale. So yeah, I, I tried to do it at my old apartment because um, I have so many books. And I was just like, book mm. fair. And, and they were like, you can't set up a table like outside and sell books. It's like, what the fuck? It's not Anyways. Utter nonsense. Anyways, yeah, we're getting into the world of entertainment here today. Thank you all for the 215. You're already joining us live. We appreciate it madly. Only 215? Oh, we're just starting out. That's how it starts. We, we should have a thousand people. I'm in this shirt for That's fucking. True. Come on. That's true. That's true. What's the shirt say again? My by my my sexual preference is often. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> fucking hell. I got this at the Weed Fest in West Hollywood. Oh, oh. Were you with Roxy or 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 so? I was with I was with everyone at LA Magazine actually. Oh. They invited me, and we had a great time at Weed Fest, uh, where they shut down a portion of Santa Monica Boulevard. Okay. And it was just all these weed vendors. Um, so yeah. yeah, I love LA Mag. One of the is the best. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, we're going to get into the world of the of DC here with this Jurassic League that you reported on that is supposedly happening, an animated feature film here uh, as a next step. As if James Gunn doesn't have enough projects coming from DC. Here's another one to throw on the pile. We're going to talk about the American Psycho reboot. We're going to get into, hopefully, we'll get to our Christopher Nolan Oscars, depending on timing and all this situation that's going on here. We're going to get into some Shane Gillis aftermath on SNL, which I think is something Jeff has, is near and dear to Jeff's heart uh, for sure. We're also going to get a follow-up on some of the uh, Sean Bailey stuff and whatever else pops up as we talk about things here uh, going along here, especially that Beef 2 cast which i've got a few points of maybe i'll break some news i don't know we'll see we'll see how i'm feeling how novel how fucking novel to break news on the hot mic that would be great i would love it to happen i would be so happy if that happened uh as a personal fan of your your scoops my friend so let's uh let's get it on here uh for the first one uh let's talk about this um jurassic league here jeff what, what are your what are you reporting what are you hearing this is an unusual project an animated feature film here from DC, from James Gunn, from Peter Safran. This is a relatively new series that came out in 2022. Apparently just kind of, kind of like the Transformers with the Dinobots and shit. You're setting this in another time, in another Earth, another universe, but it's mostly prehistoric creatures or creatures here. And they even go up against the dark side that is prehistoric creatures. So what are your thoughts on this when you heard it? And what do you hear about this project overall? I mean... I think that this is a smart project, right? DC obviously has okay. it has to do animated movies, right? Right, right, right. Right? Yes, yes. Animated movies, you, people are going to yell at me, okay? okay? Animated movies are for kids. It doesn't mean adults can't enjoy them, okay? I love some animated movies. Toy Story, The Lion King, these are classics, okay? But they are made, they're greenlit, not for you, not for me, they're greenlit for children. Let's be clear about that. Okay? <sighs> and so we don't need the killing joke necessarily, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Which is a great movie. Great, you know, a very cool animated movie. Yeah. But that's not the audience. That's not how you break a billion dollars. Right. You break a billion dollars making minions and making yeah, sure the, secret, point. Yeah. the secret life of pets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is exactly who they went out and hired. 
Brian Lynch, the guy who wrote Minions and the Secret Life of Bets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You you poach from the best, mm-hmm. which right now in you know maybe outside of the Spider-Man movies, right? Yeah. Uh, the Spider-Verse movies is Illumination. Right. Illumination is you know the the, the, the the king. Pixar has not been great lately. Right. 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 Illumination just puts out fire, and so they're like, let's go get the guy who fucking writes all the Illumination movies to write a movie about. I mean, what little boys dream. We're going to take a forget a dinosaur movie. You're not going to see a dinosaur movie today, kid. You're not going to see a superhero movie today, kid. You're going to see a superhero dinosaur movie. This is what every little boy wants. So this is pretty fucking smart. Yeah, you think it's smart. Okay. All right. Um, I, I, Don't you think this is spreading him a bit too thin? Uh, We've got yet another project. We got, we got what? Creature Commandos coming. That's He's got to oversee a universe. What do you mean? I mean... It, it would, Yes. Uh, anytime there's, a, I mean, he has at least two people overseeing the, the universe along with Saffron, but like, yeah. you say stretching who? James Gunthin? Yes. That's what I mean. Like, there's so many projects that are in the works that are coming, that they're greenlit, that they're working on, that they're writing. And I'm like, we haven't even planted a flag in the ground for Superman Legacy yet. Why are we green lighting and looking and not we obviously because i'm not part of dc and the intelligentsia there but why are they putting that together why are they putting out all the why are they working on all these projects all at once here why not just let let's see what superman Superman legacy does and then from there we'll start to kind of branch out and see where we go and what we put together because you can't afford to wait until next summer to then say oh let's see how it does and then go from there you can't that's not Hmm. it's a universe you have to have like three movies a year. Like there has to be like a yeah. full pipeline. This is their first. And again, there could be other animated projects. Right, right, right. I, I just found out about this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, I, you know, other than Creature Commandos, yeah, this is the first feature. Um, right. I believe, right. it, you know, it, it's a movie. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, how, animated movies always take longer than live action movies. Right, John? Mm-hmm. Standard is three to four years with animated movies. Yeah, exactly. So like yeah. this is still early development. Yeah, um, and we're not going to see this movie for a while. Okay, this is you know, and, and who knows if it it is the priority after a year or two. Right. Um. Right. Yeah, but I, I I don't think as far as like a development move, getting Brian Lynch and doing an animated movie based on that comic. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. So let's give a little bit of background. People who are watching may not know, and Jeff, feel free to fall asleep during this, but the heroes are this. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman. Standard Justice League members, legendary Justice League members, those are the ones you usually go with. Superman is a Brachiosaurus. Batman is an Allosaurus. Wonder Woman is a Triceratops. Flash is a Velociraptor. Uh, Green Lantern is a Parasaurolophus, which I hope I correct, I said. And Aquaman is a Baryonyx. Um, but uh, they fight a dark side that comes to prehistoric Earth, and the dark side is card, called Dark Dark Ilo side, uh, and it is a giant Ankylosaurus seeking to devour the entire planet. They come together to fight and defend the lesser um, dinosaurs that can't fight for themselves and the primate humans. So there's definitely going to be room for a lot of people to voice over these characters. Now, yeah. James Gunn said earlier, you know, we watched the video when he first announced everything and he did it live and what have you. He said that uh, if you're going to play a character in, li- in animated, you're going to play a character in live action. So what are you hearing about the possibilities of this being a live action thing down the road after it comes out as an animated feature? Is it only going to be an animated feature 
are these characters ever going to show up in the DCU main universe, or is it only going to be a fun little, yeah, uh, fun, I'm, fun I'm animated? Not, I don't get the whole game where we're like, oh, James Gunn, you said this, and this has to be that for well, for. I'm the, just the asking if it's possible. Is all I'm asking. Yeah, you no, I know. Um, I think it's possible that Corin Sweat, right? Yeah, he Ooh. could contractually. I don't I know, but he that. could contractually maybe have to voice Superman in this movie. Yes. Yeah. That's a possibility. But do I think, yeah, like, I mean, it, it may go like that, but mm. do I think whoever they cast as the voice of Green Lantern or whatever, right, right, right. Aquaman, I forget the, some of the heroes that you mentioned. Sure, sure. Uh, Flash, the big, uh, Batman, Wonder yeah, Woman. Flash. Okay. So there's going to be a new Flash mm-hmm. or whatever. Do I think that whoever they get to voice him automatically gets to be him in live action? No. Okay. You know, yeah, because you end you're... up making a Flash movie three years later. They're like, oh well, we used so and so on the Jurassic movie. We got to use them. No. Well, what do you do? You, do you think this is where we're going with James Gunn? I mean, these are how shall I say it? As a DC fan, because I would venture that I know a lot more about DC comics than you do. But these are like off the beaten path, right? I mean, Creature Commandos <laughs> is off the beaten path. Um, you could argue the Suicide Squad is a little bit off the beaten path. A Waller series is a little bit peacemaker series that's james gunn's sensibility that's That's what what we want from him is off the beaten path right yeah but is this dangerous to follow because this is more of an independent indie mentality than it is superman batman wonder woman green lantern flash aquaman which is the main highway the main road of dc taking these exits are people uh going to be like well when are we getting the main attractions I'm cool stopping after Quickie Mart, but I'd like to get to the fucking amusement park. So do you think that this is a dangerous um, plan to put in motion here? Or is James just waiting and this is just kind of filling in the holes for now until he gets to the big people? Uh, but like Again, we're, we're, you and I just said that this is going to take longer. So just because this is being announced now doesn't mean it's the priority over some oh. of the other big people no no you're right right? i'm just saying the the approach he's taking is to focusing is to focus on these these other kind of lesser known characters we haven't seen anything besides those aren't lesser that you just they're all the big characters those aren't the lesser known characters it's how do we how do we we've got superman we've got batman wonder woman how do we get all these characters together right yeah and but but in an animated movie for kids Mm. you know it doesn't need to be dark like you know the snyder justice league movie right that's not maybe for for kids but this could be hmm. um, okay. this could be their land before time who knows yeah, and possible. the other thing is is that i want to be i want to make it clear if you guys re- read the report right and uh, again roca well i'm gonna take care sure. of you i believe you want to say it go ahead yes <laughs> the story was actually not that they're making a jurassic league movie it's that they're making an untitled animated movie based on the jurassic league Right. That's important verbiage. Okay. Because they could be like, okay, we have plans for a Superman animated movie or a Batman animated movie. And Mm -hmm. guess what? He's not in the movie. Right. Right. You know, they could, they could take some characters out. It doesn't have to be the the characters that are in the Jurassic league, or they could add other weird ones. It's just the concept. They're going to do a superhero dinosaur movie and Brian Lynch is writing it. Right. Well, let me ask you this because we just had the Spider Verse films that, oh, they're you know they're they're really successful, and one another one is nominated for best animated feature here at the Oscars, um, and we saw that artwork for Batman Beyond that came out just a couple of a week ago or that was put out. I, I retweeted that and was like, well, why 
didn't this become a feature film? Batman Beyond, Batman, the name itself carries a lot of cachet. And you see the success of Spider-Man. Um, and a lot of people speculate that Zaslow hates animation and that maybe he doesn't want to do these kind of live, uh, sorry, these animation, theatrical animation features for theatrical release. He'd rather do them on, which WB does well with these, like uh, Killing Joke and other ones that are just on the Mac streaming thing. But here comes a big one that is a theatrical feature. So do you think, um, do you think they didn't do the Batman Beyond and because they want to focus on this one and they only want to do stuff under James Gunn's uh, kind of direction here with this animated stuff? I, I don't think, I think that there's a, you know, adult animation. Yeah. Like you do think there's adult because you just said it's for kids. A few minutes right. I'm saying that adult animation like Batman Beyond. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that would, you know, would would fly. I mean, again, if you're going to make an animated movie, the, mm -hmm. the goal is to make a billion dollars and make it for kids. Right. And I don't think that kids are, you know, Batman Beyond's too dark for them. Well, it, it can be like a layup, a layup premise. Mm. Right. Because it's Justice League. And it's dinosaurs. No, I hear what you're saying. It's just, yeah, superheroes. But with Batman Beyond, you have a young kid learning to become Batman. He's essentially a teenager or someone in his late teens learning to become the new Batman in the future. There is a possibility there to get that teenage audience, that young adult audience who likes to go repeatedly to the movies in there to see it. But I, I take your point about the darkness. Maybe they feel like they haven't established the Batman 100%. Maybe it's not yet the time to go in this direction, whereas they can get away with a bit more on something like uh, Jurassic League. Maybe. Brandon Heaton, no one is saying the animation is just for kids. Go check my fucking blog, theinsnider.blogspot.com. Okay? Not even theinsnider.com. Go check the blog spot, and you'll see that a Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse was in the must-see section, top 15 movies of the year. Mm -hmm. Okay? I like animated movies just fine. Yeah. But when I talk about them, I have to talk about them from the perspective of the industry that makes them and who the target audience is. They didn't right. make Spider-Man across the, the Spider-Verse for 40-year-old guys. They made it for teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I think Batman Beyond could be successful if they were to go down that route. I hear you about the darkness, but there's a possibility they could have some success on that if they went that route because there is enough lightness combined with the darkness and it is a teenager learning to become a Batman for the future it's and pushing back the, on Bruce Wayne. You know, It's all about the style and the and, and the presentation, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. If you're telling me that if you released The Killing Joke or some of these yeah, DC animated movies, which are really good, some yeah, of them, yeah. you're telling me if you're going to release that in theaters and it would do well, I say you're crazy. No, I don't I, I don't disagree with you. I think you're crazy as well. Yeah, I don't think right. that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's like, yeah, maybe they do Batman Beyond, but they got to find filmmakers who can reinvent it like a Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Right, exactly. You can't just put out a DC animated movie like the others that everyone right. may love. They just, trust me, they, they feel, it's yeah. like, yeah, what am I doing paying $20 for this? No, it's a fair point. Like, um, uh, Mask of the Phantasm, which came out theatrically back in the early late 90s, that is considered one of the greatest animated films ever made, but it is also, you know, investing from the animated series. People went to see it and enjoyed it, but that's a rarity on the DC animation side of things. There are very few that you could release, if any, honestly, that would do well theatrically. Uh, maybe if maybe if this Kingdom Come comes across, maybe The Dark Knight Returns, the adaptation they did of the Frank Miller, the two-part one they did, that was theatrical as hell. That one probably could have made money, but the other ones, not so much. I don't disagree with that. Like, I just saw the 70s uh, kung fu one that they did, Son of Something, which I thought was a fun watch, but it wouldn't have made any money in the theater for sure. No, you're not wrong there for sure. Um, all right, anything more on this with James Gunn? Anything more on the, the news with Jurassic League? Any other things he's working on? 
that you know. No, I mean, no. he's about okay. to start shooting Superman, so he's yeah. a little distracted at the moment. I don't know that he'll be responding to each and every rumor. I love how people went straight to James to see if it was true. <laughs> James, tell us the truth, James. You yeah, always respond. Pretty, pretty confident about that one. <laughs> I feel like Brian Lynch is online enough and, and would have said something if it was false. Yeah, yeah, fair. Good, good scoop there, Jeff, for sure. And you can always, uh, and where can they find these scoops of yours, Jeff? Please feel free. The insider.com. Thank you so much uh, for giving me the, the, the chance to plug. And last night we broke a big one as well. Do you want to talk about that one, John? Yeah, let's switch into that one. And just a re- quick reminder before we do, Streamlabs Super Chats are open, ladies and gentlemen. Send them on. We've got 450 of you watching us right now. Send in your love, send in your questions, thoughts, and comments as we go along here. You know, this is a truncated show on Tuesdays, only 90 minutes. So if you want to get your stuff answered, put it in now. The Streamlabs address is right above Jeff's head. Pin in the chats in the description of the video as well and send in your super chats. Go ahead, Jeff. What is the other thing you broke last night on the insider.com? Um, sorry. <laughs> I, uh, Did you? <laughs> no, someone threw me off in the chat. Oh, uh, I, I, Stop I, looking I, at the chats. Don't worry about the chat. I'll handle the chat. Go ahead. Go ahead. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, we don't. I wrote about off the show. Go ahead. Go I ahead. wrote about Emily Blunt. Yes, let's talk. Uh, about joining it. joining Dwayne Johnson in the Smashing Machine. Um, no one has called to yell at me about that yet. Ooh. Uh, uh, so it was it was a rumor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, okay. It was a rumor. Um, and okay. So Dwayne Johnson. I asked John last night. I called him up. I tipped him off before I was going to publish this news. So I go, John. Who, which leading lady that Dwayne Johnson has worked with do you think he feels like the most comfortable with? And John, yeah. you said Emily Blunt. I did, immediately. Okay, And that is the correct answer. Mm-hmm. And if you're Dwayne Johnson and you're about to embark on, I don't know, the toughest acting assignment of your career, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you want an actress who you are going to be comfortable with and who's you know, going to make you feel safe? And, and a good, a damn good actress. She's a current Oscar nominee, right? Right. Who's going to elevate your game and right. get you to sort of rise to the occasion. And if you're Emily Blunt, yeah, you know, it's a chance to do an A24 movie to work on, you know, with a, with a director like Benny Safdie, yep. who you just worked with on Oppenheimer and have spent the last six months with on the campaign trail. Yeah, yeah. Um, plus to do a movie like this after, like, you know, her husband John Krasinski's movie If, which is like a light sort of family film. Yeah. Um, I just feel like this is a, a, a could be a great change of pace. If, if the deal works out, you know, there's no closed deal or anything. She's in talks and I'm sure she's not cheap, but the idea is that, you know, a 24 has been making more noise lately about making bigger, more commercial movies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I think that this movie with the rock, I mean, if you're going to launch a, a new division, Right. Yeah. And or you're potentially seeking investors for for this new division. Don't you want to launch that with a fucking movie starring The Rock? Yeah. And I think you make some excellent points here, because, uh, by the way, in your report, which you didn't uh, say here, you, you you sense that they are looking at this as a potential Oscar uh, bait type of movie for both Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt, which is. Super shocking to consider in this situation here. Oh, um, yeah. Did I say that? I, I mean, that's what the reports say on World of Real, that you're speculating that it could be an Oscar project. I honestly don't even remember that that's in my story. Maybe it is. I forget. But um, it says here, Snyder's but- report goes on to add that it is being seen as a potential Oscar vehicle for both Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson. This is what World of Real says. 
Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't know if Jordan got that right, but um, <laughs> but, but only because I can't remember a, a line like that, I swear. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, yes. Hmm. Maybe I did allude to something like that. This is a chance, you know, it, hmm. it, it, it has a certain prestige to it. I mean, it's a Benny Safdie movie, right? Yeah, it could be yeah. Foxcatcher. Right, right, exactly. Which, uh, which I thought was a good performance by uh, uh, Steve Carell, but not maybe not overall. I, I don't think it's the best film overall, but certainly a great performance from Steve Carell. In that this is an interesting situation because no, no, I've no, said no, no. you're going to get away with what you just did without talking. Uh, hold on, what did you just do? What is what is acknowledge me? Is this an inside joke with comic things? This uh, no, it's a pro wrestling thing, man. A Roman. Okay, ring. that's all I wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, we are talking about that. <laughs> I told you, stay out of the chat. You don't listen. Um, but yeah, this is this is an interesting thing. If you're even speculating, Oscar. I mean, because I said a few years ago that I thought Batista had already kind of surpassed Cena and uh, The Rock, and I said Batista would be the first one to win an Oscar from the world of professional wrestling. Uh, and here, if The Rock puts it all together. And here's a way to turn around the narrative on yourself when you've had some really big missteps in a number of arenas, including him coming back to pro wrestling. People booed him. People didn't like him coming back recently in the last couple of weeks or last few weeks. And they had to adjust the storylines to make him a heel so that people would want to boo him and be okay to boo him. And WWE would seem to be like they're in on it. Um, you've got some damage repair to do here. So taking a film here that challenges you and working with someone like Emily Blunt, who's got dramatic chops and uh, comedic chops and who's going to make you comfortable on the set, as you said, Jeff, is going to make you feel cared for, is going to make you feel trusted in scenes. And if she's playing Dawn, which is his wife who got addicted or his ex-wife who got addicted or became an alcoholic, rather, you've got Dwayne suffering with opioid addiction in the film as that character or as that person. And then you've got Emily Blunt delivering a performance as a, a becoming an alcoholic as he's becoming addicted to drugs. So this could be a really interesting, um, uh, emotional and emotionally draining, rather, and dramatic uh, film here and performance from both of them. So I think it's a very smart move to get her involved in this. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, doing she's never done an A24 movie before, right, right? Um, and Benny obviously worked wonders with Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems, and, and I yeah. think that's what Dwayne is sort of hoping for. He's sort of putting his career in Benny's hands and saying, Listen, I will go there and I will, yeah. you know, channel the rage and, and all that kind of stuff, but you know, the uh, he's, he's got to know he's in, in, in good hands. We know he's in capable hands, right? right. Um, and I think uh, Emily Blunt would certainly help. So we'll see if that uh, deal closes. Do you think this? I mean, do you listen? The Adam Sandler one was the Safety brothers. This is one Safety, right? This is his first solo movie, right? That's a lot to ask to a take a wrestler who's known for being oh, uh, being over, like an overall mainstream action hero not really known for delivering emotionally uh, taxing and moving and stirring vulnerable performances and you're going to get that out of him in a in your first directorial effort telling this story it's going to be interesting i think he's shown glimpses Dwayne over mm -hmm. the course of his career that he's capable of a lot more than what we've seen and I think that is true of this industry is that it boxes people in sure and sometimes you get real comfortable in that box right and I like that Dwayne is finally getting out there getting outside of his box and, and challenging himself and doing this so Agreed. uh I'm I am I'm very excited about this one can't wait for it um mm -hmm. 
and Emily Blunt, you know, for her, I, what was interesting to me, though, was just like looking at the schedules, like yeah. none of them have anything this summer as far as it, like right now. Right. On their they come out, you mean? No, no, no. Like, that they're working. No, that, that's like, as far as I can tell, going into production this summer. Wow. Okay. Right. So it's like, that's, is, did they basically all just clear their schedules for this movie? Yeah. I mean, I hadn't even realized, right, that Emily, it was Emily Blunt who convinced Dwayne Johnson to take this role. Is that true? Wow. I did I, not I know. read that. Wow. Um, so that made it even more sense. I was yeah. like, holy shit. Like, she's actually been on this since the, since the beginning. Dude, you know, they talk about Hollywood and there's a lot of self-involved people, certainly in Hollywood. I mean, you can go see that J-Lo documentary for, or film, whatever the fuck that is. And you see people who are pretty self-involved and up their own butts and trying to promote themselves, do whatever. Emily is one of those people that doesn't radiate that. And I love that about her. It isn't that she doesn't have an ego or doesn't have a, you know, is aware of her brand and whatever. But to hear that story, if it's true that, you know, The Rock reached out to her, they had a conversation she was like, you've got to go and put, you want to push yourself. These are the things you can push yourself with because Emily can do mainstream like with the Mary Poppins returns. And she can do these, these kind of harder edge, uh, um, ta emotionally taxing films like a quiet place. She delivers in every arena, rom-coms, what have you, she delivers. And so going to her and having her as a friend in your life, when at a time when you're really wanting to make some changes is invaluable. And so to hear that she might've been the one that pushed him into doing it just makes her stock rise even more in my opinion as one of the good ones in hollywood uh, that are out there working so i wonder if she told him too like do it because i'll yeah. be there for you yeah like, maybe I, I, I got your back yeah that's very possible i don't know i mean obviously her and benny you know have been around right. each other for a while now right right and who knows how much input krasinski has had in this i'm sure krasinski will be there as a Maybe as a as a friend to lean on for Safty as he's taking this on, having done his own kind of uh, you know first time directorial effort with a pretty um, a difficult film to put together, and he made make it work. So. I don't think Benny needs any help. <laughs> you don't think Benny, who had been working only with his brother, and he's doing his first directorial. I, think he need, I don't think he needs John Krasinski's help. I think. Wow! Wow! That's a statement. What okay. the fuck is going on in this chat? People are just dropping like absolute nonsense. <laughs> Like what? What are you talking about? You you don't listen to it. you keep going into this chat for God's sake. Yeah, sense. really. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to click away from this thing. In that Halo docu was a work of art. No, it wasn't. <laughs> this it is me now. I'm gonna review that one this weekend at some point. But that was a rough watch. That J Lo film you actually uh, watched it yeah I ha my friends have been watching it they know i'm not the biggest j-lo fan and i'm really not and uh i was like okay i'll watch it and then i it's an hour and 10 or whatever and it was like slamming my head into a wall only an hour 10 yeah it's only an hour 10 it's not a long film uh, even my even even my girlfriend hasn't uh, made me watch that <laughs> and some of the um i'm hearing how anthony ramos turned down being in it because he's friends with mark anthony uh, and um, even though she's producing his next movie, uh, Taylor Swift turned it down. So quite a number of people turned it down. But Jane Fonda's in it, uh, and I think Ben's in it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Ben is in it, and uh, a couple other people are in it. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, just let it be. I'll let it be. Let it be. <laughs> All right. We're, we're at 30 minutes. Let's take a quick break. And on the other side, uh, we'll answer some of your Streamlabs and Super Jets and then get into some more questions here. Keep sending them in. You see the Streamlabs address right above Jeff's head. It's pinned in the chat. It's in the description of the video. Send in your Super Chats as well as we go along. We'll be right back right after this. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Jeff, let's get into some of these uh, stream labs here. Uh, Dennis Hoffman says, love these shows. Uh, Snyder, you and Baloney's are the only newsletters I pay for. Any word on Scott Beck and Brian Woods post-65? Are they in director jail? No. Okay. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, first of all, thank you for subscribing. Uh, I, you know, without looking like I don't know what they have off the top of their heads, but those guys are always busy. Like, you know, good, you know, they're they're damn good writers, right? And that, like yeah. I told you, I think in the last episode, I'm sensing a return to high concept, mm. and like A Quiet Place is one of those sort of high concept movies that that sure. really worked. For sure. Um, and they were going to direct it originally, so I do think that. Um, I think we'll we'll see something else from them soon. They may just not be, you know, natural film filmmakers. You know, like yeah. you know, maybe they're better off as like just like high profile writers. Ooh. I I wouldn't be surprised if those types of guys, if if they like made their way into the MCU somehow. When you Ooh. look at how they recruited Benson and Moorhead or something, yeah. Yeah. maybe that's maybe that's where they wind up. Maybe they wind up bigger and better than like I ever thought. Because that's mm. certainly what happened with with uh, Benson and Moorhead. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think Beck and Woods are talented. I really like those guys, and they believe in theatrical. They bought a movie theater. Oh, wow, yeah. What do you think about all those directors coming together to buy that movie theater over there in uh, West LA? You like that? You I happy? Think it's about a that? Damn good thing. It's about time these guys put their fucking money where their mouths are, right? Everyone's oh, we love movie theaters. We love mo-, as as each and every one of them fucking closes up shop, and then these other guys buy like thirty million dollar fucking mansions. I mean, yeah. I think it was cool that they got a big group together, right? Uh, yeah. Like, it's like 30 people. And yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, because obviously it's not cheap and, and maybe it is a little bit of a, a money suck. But after time, you would think, you know, there'd be some right. kind of a return on investment. You know, I don't know if they own the land underneath the movie theater or what, you know, what that deal is. Right, right. Yeah. Still can see that because I, I love that theater. I've been there a few times. Uh, it's it's one of the best ones in L- in L.A. 
Carlton Runner says, although slightly older, uh, what would you say if Austin Butler was to play James Dean in a biopic? Masters of the Air is giving me huge Dean vibes. Yeah, I, I don't know if we want to see a James Dean biopic. And I think Austin Butler, have, after having played Elvis, I think the last thing he wants to do is go back into another kind of broody, moody icon of the past um, and try to bring him to life. I think Austin wants to walk away from all of that for a little while and kind of explore other things he can do. Um, and by the time he would circle around to James Dean, it'd be too late as he's kind of aged out of it. So um, it's a nice idea if he'd been like 21 when he was coming in, but at this age, I think it's, I think I don't see the logic in it. What about you, Jeff? I kind of agree with you. Like, I don't see the market for a James Dean biopic. Hmm. Like, I just don't think anybody out there cares. Yeah. I, I think I'm like the youngest person who like knows who James, James <laughs> Dean is. I think if you're younger than me, it's very unlikely. Uh, Natalie Portman said that the other day. She's like, the kids don't care about movie stars. She's like, people don't know my films anymore. The you people under like 20 or under 18 don't know my films anymore. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of shocking. You want to make a biopic, like, I don't know, make a Nicholson biopic or something. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Gailey Production says, when do you guys think we will hear about the Supergirl director? Yeah, Jeff, um, you know, people made up these uh, pictures with Melee Alcock's face on it. She wasn't on the selfie. Uh, but uh, do you imagine we're going to be hearing about the Supergirl director sometime soon in the next couple of weeks? As you said, Superman Legacy about to go into production. No idea. Oh, wow. You haven't heard anything? No. Interesting. Maybe. Okay. End of next month? Okay. Yeah. Maybe as they get closer to shooting the cameo that she's going to be in the film, they'll get a director for that, uh, too. No, I just think that, like... You know, you, you got to strike early in this town, right? Because if it's, it's if, if there's someone with real talent, mm -hmm. then they're going to get snapped up. Right. And so, you know, better to make your play early and then have to switch. Yeah. Then sort of get stuck with your second or third choice. Good point. I think Emerald Fennel's sitting right there. Just saying. Carlton Rudder says, I saw Drive for the first time today and loved it. Love Jeff's poster behind him. My question is, have you heard any advanced word on how the fall guy is? Uh, I haven't heard any advanced word, except you've been telling me that you're hearing, am I wrong on this, that you're hearing good things about the movie and that the studio really believes in it? Yeah, the studio does really believe in it. And I do think it looks really fun. Like the marketing campaign is good. Mm -hmm. Part of that is, you know, like that first trailer, I felt like was three minutes long. Yeah, it was pretty you long. Know, like, it, it, so maybe it looked good because it showed us a lot of good stuff, you know? Right. Um, but I, I think it's, it's going to start the summer with like a blast in early May. Mm. And um, I think it's going to have buzz from CinemaCon or from South by. And um, mm. have I seen, have I talked to anyone who's personally seen it? I don't think I have. Okay. But yeah, I've heard, I've heard it. Yeah. It's going over very well internally. Uh, good things, good things. Um, and just a quick note, I did get the email. I am officially invited to CinemaCon, so I will be there. I'm looking forward to going back. So I got the email on Friday, kind of sat on it over the weekend, and I'll be emailing Emily Bank over there. So I'm very happy that they um, accepted me into it, so I'm looking forward to it. Might even bring the Lady Ella along, uh, have it a workcation. She can work out of the hotel room while I go down there and go see stuff. So I don't know if you're going, Jeffy, or you got accepted, but... I uh, hope to see if you are. I got rejected. They said they said I knew you, and so I was <laughs> well, that's automatically ironic. declined. That's ironic. Well, I'll see you there, bitch. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Shazverse says, I think WB wants a Super Mario over a Spider-Verse. Mm, 
what? No, that's ridiculous. They don't want a Super Mario or Spider-Verse. What do you think, Jeff? No? Yes. What? I mean, I think I know what this person is getting at. And, yes. and you're right. I mean, Super Mario is was twice as big as Spider-Verse when you think about it. True. Um, yeah, I mean, Super Mario is aimed at kids' kids. Spider-Verse mm-hmm. is aimed at teens and, like, young, you know... Like the twelve and up, eleven and up crowd, right, um, but right. like all those six, seven, eight year olds, like Spider Verse, a lot of that probably just goes over their heads now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, yeah. So there you go. All right, let's uh, hit a couple of these streamlabs, and we'll get back to the uh, the show, the topics here one by one. It says Elizabeth Olsen may star in a movie where she is a park ranger who is being chased through a mountain pass by three individuals who are on the run. The film will co also co star Benedict Wong. Just a fun prediction. Jeff, am this I is missing the joke here? A random prediction about Elizabeth Olsen? Yeah. Starring in a movie? and I don't know. Chased by a part, chased by three individuals on the run. Sounds good. I'd, I, I'd watch it. Yeah. Murph DeDurf. Murph DeDurf says, Tommy Lee Jones winning the Oscar over Ray Fiennes in 1994 is to me the biggest Oscar upset in my lifetime. Um, I was born in 1968. Do you agree? If not, what was bigger? Yeah, it was a bigger Oscar upset, Jeff, than um, Ray Fiennes losing to Tommy Lee Jones for the, was it for um, uh, Fugitive, right, I think? Is that, is that who he lost to? Wow. Um, God, a bigger Oscar upset? I mean, I I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. No answer. <laughs> you have, you're literally an FYC and you're telling me you don't have an answer for this question? Oscar upset that I was upset about? Like, I don't know. This stuff doesn't... No. No answer. So you weren't upset that Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture over Saving Private Ryan? I've never seen Shakespeare in Love. (sighs) Never seen it. How about Crash winning over? Uh, I think I, I think I, I think when you I guess I guess you just made my point for me because I do think I punished Shakespeare in Love. I was like, oh, you beat Saving Private Ryan. Fuck you! I'm never going to see you ever in my life. <laughs> How about uh, Alan Arkin winning for Little Miss Sunshine over Eddie and Dreamgirls, or Mark no. Rylance over Stallone in Creed? Any of no. those uh, be upsets? No, no, no they didn't. No. <laughs> no. All right. All right. Um, all right, there you go. The only time I was upset was when Jake Gyllenhaal wasn't nominated for Nightcrawler. That pissed me off. Oh, yeah, that was a good, good film for sure. Uh, I, Shakespeare in Love totally deserved it over uh, Saving Private Ryan. It's uh, Saving Private Ryan is after the first 30 minutes, it's a law of diminishing returns. <laughs> I you know. love this. No pun intended. Bozeman losing to Hopkins was a pretty big deal. No, it wasn't. What? <laughs> When was the fucking last time you've even heard the words Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? Give me a fucking break, dude. <laughs> Love Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, Zeno Hour is an absolute uh, nutball. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know any. Uh, he doesn't know how to analyze good movies. Uh, Shakespeare in Love is a phenomenal film, and is absolutely works for the people who understand Shakespeare. Understand what the story is. It's a, an incredible film. And I would take it over Saving Private Ryan uh, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to some sto- other stories here. Jeff, uh, your boy, uh, your boy that you love to death. You're the charter member of his fan club. I hear you've gone out on dates with him. Your boy Shane Gillis here um, was uh, did his SNL uh, terrible monologue where he just said, hey, boy, these are the jokes, folks. Uh, did, did a few skits. 
Only three of them were remotely funny, uh, in my opinion, and the rest were kind of meh. So was this a lot of hullabaloo, a lot of drama and controversy for nothing? Uh, what do you Isn't think? that how it always is? I mean, yeah. first of all, what, what controversy do we think that there was going to be? Um, that he was going to go out there and start making anti-Semitic jokes and things well, like that. I mean, he has <laughs> Holocaust deniers on his podcast, so it's not out of the room of possibility. Did you, did you think that that's what he was going to do on SNL? His first <laughs> first sketch was going to be about uh, Holocaust deniers? He did a development disabled joke in the fucking monologue. What are you talking about? It wasn't out of the realm right. of possibility. So, right, so, so, then, so then it was, you know, transgressive in a sense. Like, you know, he did say the R word. He did, you know, um, yeah. right? Yeah. So, uh, did, did he did use that. did he use gay as a pejorative? I don't remember if he did or not. I don't think he did. I, I mean, but either way, who gives a shit, right? <laughs> a lot of people give a shit. Yeah. Well, well I I know not enough though because the ratings actually came in today and and uh, he was down from last week. I know the last, the, the last episode, although way higher in um like eighteen to thirty four year olds right, or whatever. Right. right? That, know that, it. That's why. Yeah. That right, exactly. Older older people don't yes. know him. Older right. people aren't aren't yeah. gonna stay and, and tune in for him. Right. Um, I liked the monologue. The monologue was what? Like intentionally self-deprecating, and to see all the trades and all the media outlets, Shane Gillis struggles through monologue. He's like clearly making fun of the fact that like he has to watch what he says up there because everyone's watching him, like waiting for him to say something. That in in and of itself is part of it. The stuff about him, like uh, all little boys being their mother's gay best friend, hilarious. Mm. Okay, and then he went back and repeated like his Down syndrome stuff. You know, or at least half of it. Yeah. Um. I mean, he should have done the the, the Down syndrome voice uh, where he's talking about his cousin <laughs> making grilled cheese sandwiches. But like, these are these are the jokes, folks. <laughs> these are the jokes. Dude, yeah, come on. The monologue was fine. The episode was uneven. The co- but like yeah. the cold open. He's not in the cold open. The cold open was bad. Cold open is always bad. It was bad timing. Yeah, I was surprised there were these like weird gaps. Pauses. Like, yeah, pauses. Yeah, I'm like, you all forgetting your fucking lines? Like, what is going on here? You know? It it was bad. Yeah. Then the, the the fact that did you see the cut for time sketch? No, I did not see that. You one. didn't I, see the Limu Emu? Oh, was that the cut for time one? Yes. I did see that one. That was that was funny. amazing. That should have been on the show. 100%. That was great. Yeah, I mean the Green Bay Packers thing I thought was funny. That was terrible, but all right. I like the HR sketch one. The HR sketch was funny, except it was eh, all right. Never mind. Go ahead. I mean, uh, you know, it should have the- been women turning it around. It should have been women saying, "Can I hit on this dude? Can I?" Like you have to turn it around to make it funny. You're, you like, know, you're right. Like they you're did right. with Abbott Element. Like they did with Quinta Brunson when she was doing the sexual harassment thing. That was funny as fuck, man. So I, I think it should have been turned but around. The point is, is that you can't blame Shane for the show's writing. I mean, the show's writing has been subpar for a while. Mm. I mean, he got some goods. He got some bad. It's just pretty much like any other episode. But for a guy, you know, like I thought he was pretty good. And I think he would have made a good addition to the cast. Yeah. You know, full but, time had but, that worked out. I'm glad it didn't, though, because yeah. everything worked out for the best. I think you're right. And I, but when I look at it, I almost look at him like he doesn't, he wouldn't have needed SNL for too much longer. Like you can tell that he is at another realm in how he does his comedy than some of the people on the show. Like I don't think Mikey Day is going to rival Gillis for the kind of comedy he's going to tell or do uh, in shows going forward. A good host, a good reality host, that cake show is funny. But his Trump sneakers one was hilarious. That was a good right. sketch. 
Trump um, sneakers and Fugliana was good. Uh, yeah, Fugliana was all right. Yeah, I thought it was all right. Uh, but like I that, thought, there we go. That's we just named four or five like pretty good memorable. You sketches. named four or five. I did not name her four. Trump five. sneakers, Fugliana, HR. I like the Packers one, and we both yeah. liked uh, you know the Limu one was good. I will say the betting one I thought was funny. That betting commercial, another one I mean, that was a good one. So those are the an three. episode of mostly wins with some lows, and even like some people really like the Jamaica, the Jamaican. Uh, you know church oh, fuck yeah one. i like that jamaican one i did i did like the jamaican I thought that was okay uh so it's like there we go there's six or yeah. seven sketches that you're saying that you liked no no i, I said only three and then one cut just, for time so only three the sneakers the the gambling one and the jamaica one those are the three that i liked you thought the hr one was okay though the hr was okay yeah you're trying to make me like that one i didn't like it so i appreciate you if bullying me into like you but i didn't the like point it. is uh yeah. you know i think that the media is invested in like shane gillis flops at snl monologue struggling like what the fuck like it's crazy how the media fucking covers this guy they cover him like he's fucking hitler um okay and you know what just... you're being just as dramatic as they are saying they're covering him like he's hitler for god's sakes they're not <laughs> i just like to point out the shortcomings of the trades <laughs> that's fair but i also think you're dangerously walking into that line of like a politician we're like the media the media it's certain members of the media. i am the media but well, it's like i know how the fucking sausage gets made and it's embarrassing sometimes you know fair point um yeah, Sydney Sweeney is this weekend, right? Oof, that's going to be fun to see. Um, but I also think the writers write to what they get. Do you know what I'm saying? Like some writers write to whatever talent they've got on the show. So if certain things are uneven, it's because I think the talent is uneven sometimes. And, and that may be because I liked, I thought the Nate Bargates episode was good. I thought he was really funny in a lot of his sketches. Uh, and I knew even less about him than I did Shane Gillis. I, 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 I discovered Nate on TikTok. And then went back and watched his stuff after the SNL uh, episode. So, um, but look, Gillis is a funny guy. And I think some people took my tweet that I put out in an incorrect way. Like, I don't think he's a conservative Republican MAGA guy because he makes fun of all sides. Um, and I do think he's covered at times uh, in a certain way that he's part of that movement. And he isn't. But he has made these inappropriate jokes. And he has recently had Holocaust deniers on his podcast. So, you're going to have to own up to that shit. That's the real world. You can't just get away with that. And it's no big deal. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he how he processes the next few years of his career. Because I think he's a funny actor. I'll tell you this. I think he should. If Bert the Machine can get a fucking movie, Shane Gillis should be getting movies. Uh, he's funny. So put him in movies, man. Those could are coming. See, yeah. Could you see him in like a romantic comedy or like a funny romantic comedy? I, I'd be down with seeing him in that. Something weird like that um okay so Maybe. anyway there's shane gillis uh what else did we put on our list here to talk about ne ne so wait netflix bought his new show though oh he, a... he, he, he self-financed a show him and mckeever oh that's great tires and okay. it's like six episodes netflix just bought it along with a second special from him nice so what so is he's killing it in a, it's like about a like a, it's like a tommy boy kind of thing oh um, with like a kid who inherits his father's business and he's woefully unprepared. And uh, <laughs> well, that sounds familiar. And, he, and his cousin is like, you know, Shane Gillis, and he's super annoying. Um, oh, oh, his cousin is so Shane's not even the lead. Shane's right? No, he's not the lead. Oh, yeah, he's interesting. Not the lead. Okay, all right, that can make it work. 
Um, well, speaking of Netflix, let's move, let's move on to this story, Jeff, uh, before we go to another break here. Um, uh, there are rumors here, and this is from Deadline and a number of other sources, um, that a number of people being circled here to be in the second season of Beef. Now, if you remember the first season, um, the executive producer, Lee Sung Jin, um, we had, uh, we had, um, uh, uh, oh God, why am I forgetting the names all of a sudden? Uh, Stephen Yoon and um, what are the other names? I'm sorry. It was the woman who was the lead in that. Uh, Ali Wong. Ali Wong. Yes. Yeah. So we uh, Asian cast, Asian situation here. We did have. Um, and now it's all white people. Well, yeah, there's the cast here. What you're not all, but mostly it's uh, Kaylee Spaney, Jake Gyllenhaal and Anne Hathaway and Charles Melton, who is, I think, half white and half um, uh, uh, Hawaiian or Pacific Island, I think, uh, Islander. And so. Yeah, in essence, why are you going in that direction? Why not stay telling stories from the Asian point of view? We have enough stories from the white point of view for the motherfucking love of Christ. Why can't we stay with the Asian point of view or person of color point of view or black point of view? Why can't we explore that? Why do we need to explore and bring in Jake Gyllenhaal and Anne Hathaway, the heavyweights, to be a part of this? I just don't see the logic. Melton, I don't mind. I like him as a upcoming actor. Let's see what you got, but why are we bringing in all these people? I know. How dare we hire talented actors? Yeah, that's what television it is. shows. Yeah. There's dare. no, there's no Asian talented actors. You're How right. dare we, we? You know, Jake Gyllenhaal and Anne Hathaway. <laughs> we don't want you guys anymore. <laughs> what are you talking about? No one is saying that, by the way. But okay. <laughs> beef, beef season one was about Asian actors, and so beef season two has to be about Asian actors or Why not? or people of color. Yeah, why not? What's wrong with that? But if he has an idea that's about two couples, mm-hmm. right? And in his head, the couple is white. Yeah. Why does it have to not be like, I don't understand. He's <laughs> the boss of the show. He's Asian. If he thought the couple should be Asian, he would have written a fucking Asian couple. Yeah, sorry. I mean to correct myself. Charles Melton is half Korean, half uh, white. So I apologize for that. Yeah, not not Pacific Islander Korean. So I apologize. Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. But, but yes, I, I, I just, well, I just said it. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Well, I think it's ridiculous because I, I think you should have stayed. I mean, there's again, as I've said, there's plenty of shows from the white point of view. There is rare shows from the Asian point of view, a person I, of color I, point of view. Why do this decision? Why not stay in that realm and tell those stories? There are plenty of who stories. Are you addressing this question to an Asian guy? How I mean, dare you, Asian guy? Cast the show the way you want. You will cast it the way I want you to. Oh, I don't know what went on behind the scenes. I don't know if Netflix went to him and said, listen, you, we need you to listen, you, you know, guys, wipe it up a little bit. I know right. everyone likes this show, Beef. I know it's winning all the awards and all the Emmys, but we need white people in it. We need to up the what rating. What are you talking about? I don't, know. I don't know. Well, I don't like it. That's what I would say. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> because there are more let's respect this people. creator and his vision which apparently had white people in it i don't know and, we'll see. Uh... <laughs> yeah we'll see it's it's like it's not like jake gyllenhaal and Anne hathaway stormed the netflix gates demanding to be in beef season two Who's blaming them i'm not blaming them i'm not blaming the actors you gotta work i'm just saying i don't like it oh here we go forced diversity yes uh forced yes forced you better do it forced yes oh so ridiculous i'm just saying and you all know it's true that we have five million fucking shows from the white point of view we don't need to see yet another show 
uh, from the Y point of view. We don't. We've got so many to choose from. You'd pick multiple genres. Multiple genres you can pick from on all the networks, by the way. We don't have any any shows from from the black, Asian, or Latino perspective. I would love to have more of them, is all I'm saying. And this could have been a great arena. But, you know, maybe you're right. Lee Sung Jin wants to tell these stories and... uh, We'll see how they end how the end result of it is, but let's you know, see how Shogun performs on FX. Shogun, that that's gonna be it's on right now. It's on Hulu right now. Go did, watch the first two episodes. Did you watch it? Of course, I went to the theater to see it. I saw both that's the right. first two episodes, so that's I'm right. gonna see you them again and do a reaction video live later on tonight at like seven on the channel for the first two episodes. We want to talk about it. So, oh, peak wokeness. Oh, you woke son of a bitch. Oh, you woke one my life's unhappy you woke fuck anyway go ahead all right what else are we going to talk about here uh what else have we got fuck some of you people need therapy um all right sean bailey should we talk about sean bailey yeah let's talk about sean bailey you did a follow-up on sean bailey here and uh seems like he's not going to netflix i know you speculated about this on the show a few weeks ago that he was leaving disney and that maybe he's not going to join netflix until after uh, the Disney uh, daily uh, quarter earnings or whatever. So uh, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think it's still in the work, still very true? Or do you think maybe Sean is now, as you said, a free agent and someone's going to scoop him up before? I Netflix. don't know. I don't know if I'm buying any of this. Okay. Okay. I mean, obviously he's gone after 15 years at the studio. Yes. David Greenbaum's coming in. Why is David Greenbaum coming in? He has more refined taste and can make movies for less money. Mm, okay. That's why he ultimately got the gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has great filmmaker relationships as well. Yeah. Uh, Sean Bailey, you know, I think everyone thought, yeah, he's leaving for Netflix. Now, right. could he still be going to Netflix? I think it's very possible. Okay. Right? Even though all the reports went out of their way yesterday to say, and he's not going to Netflix. <laughs> right? Snyder, you're wrong. <laughs> it's like no one acknowledges this rumor as true, right? And then it's like, but our insiders tell us he's not going to Netflix. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. Does he have a non-compete? Did he agree not to go to Netflix for a certain period of time? Mm. You know, is that part of the announcement that Disney gets to save face and say, we didn't lose him to Netflix. He, you know, we we basically let him go. And, you know, he was a free agent. And then Netflix decided to, you know. He didn't leave us for them. Yeah. It's all about, you know, fucking perception in this town and all that shit. So am I ready to say that Sean Bailey is definitely 100% not getting the Netflix gig because I read it on, on Deadline or something? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not. Okay. Okay. Um, But because I just like, I don't know what happened. Like, yeah. do you really want to? He didn't get the golden parachute. Yes. Right? He, you didn't, said. he didn't you get, get the, the Amy gig. Pascal treatment. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. It's hard to be a producer out there right now, especially if it's like I know he's sticking around to do Tron. Yes, but right. like, is he? You know, is he going to be ma- producing a bunch of movies for Disney now? Like, yeah, yeah. And there's a bunch of places that would love to snap him up if he is in fact a free agent. I, I just, um, I would be surprised if he didn't, if he had yeah. the opportunity to run Netflix and, and passed on it. The Moon says, uh, article said he's staying on for his last movie, then going to do entrepreneurial stuff. Uh, what would be the entrepreneurial stuff, Jeff? I mean, do you think? It's what I'm doing right now. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like, it's going well. 
I'm proud of like what I've done so far, what I've accomplished, sure. and hopefully sure. it will keep going and it'll go bigger and you know beyond my wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. But do I wish I had that security of you know a job with benefits and a guaranteed yeah. salary? Fucking absolutely. Yeah. And ma- yeah. and this is a guy now he has all the money in in the world. Really, he's probably been making ten million dollars. Yeah, if he's working at Disney, I think he's fine, bro. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's probably worth like a hundred million dollars or some fucking shit like none of these guys ever need to work again let's be very clear about that 100 percent even even if he's only worth 50 million none of these guys ever have to work again um yeah so it's it's all about what he wants does he want to be a part of a a large corporate culture like an amazon or an apple or a netflix Hmm. or is he like hey i just did that for 15 years and i felt very constrained and like i couldn't make the movies that i want to make because let's be clear yeah, he may have, you know, enjoyed some of the movies that he made. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's working under a certain mandate over there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right. Certain things he's got to do, certain things he's allowed to do. Right. Um, yeah. And like like I pointed out when I said he was in contention for the Netflix job, he is a guy who wrote a serial killer thriller who, yeah. you know, made movies with Matt and Ben. Like, this is not like I just want to grow up to make fairy tales sensibility. Right. Um, so I think that he would love to do different kind of stuff. Um, but I, I don't know if he's ready to be like, okay, I'm going to trade one mandate for another and go to Netflix and now just make these sort of down the middle, you know, yeah. White people only series. I hear you. I hear you. First of all, it'd be movies, not series. Um, and there's a lot of room for improvement, I think on that front. Well, yeah. Uh, what, what do you think about him going to work as a consulting person for ben and and matt's uh um, i did company. think about that i i, I did i was that? like oh you know could he just go and, and run their company if, it, if that company I mean, is gonna get bigger and bigger could that be exactly what he's doing if he's um, got all the money in the world he doesn't need to be getting more money so like he could take a little bit of a discount but with the investment that is going yeah. to blow up down the road listen th- this is the thing you can never account for right it's mm-hmm. like do you want to be matt and ben's guy yeah. And you get to go to all the meetings with them and see all the pro- and just like be around your friends. Yeah, yeah. In a sense, but you're make your movies with your friends, or do you right. want to be, you know, in some fucking bungalow up in the valley, right? You know, with uh, Sean Bailey Productions, and you know, yeah. trying to do do it just like anybody else. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I, you know, there. Yeah, and as you get older and you've accomplished stuff, like does hanging out with your boys. Does that start to have a little more resonance for you than it does, as you said, sitting in a bungalow, having people come pitch you stuff? If you don't know, maybe it isn't going to work. Maybe it is going to work. You don't know. People, you know, Hollywood people coming in as opposed to hanging out with your East Coast boys. And, right. You, you have know. to hire an exec, right? And you have to like yeah. get him from some other smaller producer who he's been working for. And, right. you know, like, and, that, and suddenly that's who you're spending all uh, every day with. Yeah. And that's that's the thing you just can't account for on some of this stuff. And, and it's yeah. what I love about Matt and Ben, where they're just like, you know, I just want to work with people I, I know and, and like and want to be around. I think the business has never been more exhausting. I think the business I, I saw three critics this week who retired from retired or stopped covering movies and talking about movies. And, and we see people complaining about, you know, influencers getting to interview stars and the results of those interviews and everything like that. And it's, I think the business has never been more exhausting. There's more demands. Uh, you're seeing it's constricting. There's less projects. Therefore, those projects have to do really well. Uh, people are laying off people left and right in numerous companies. Uh, just as uh, so PlayStation was laying off a bunch of employees. And so it's just like, 
man, it just, I don't know. Do you want to do this? Like with all the stress and all this kind of shit? No, I'll go hang out with my boys. We'll put something together. I got my own money. And uh, if it works out, it'll be a great story. That's the thing. There, there's, yeah. It's never enough for people out here. That's right. that's a very it's never very enough. And, and and everyone wants to like start their own yeah. company, and yeah. you know, and obviously that's what I'm doing now. Um, and if that's what Sean Bailey chooses to do, you know, I wish him the best of luck. You just want the guy to be happy with his next chapter. But uh, yeah. I think he's got a lot left in the tank, and I think another company would be smart to make a play for him. I just don't know if he's like. He'd be a good number two, right? But if you're yeah. the number one, do you really want to bring in a guy who could, who has the skills, the, the skill set to replace you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've been doing it what for four years, almost four years now, and it's not easy. And you deal with a lot of egos, and you deal with uh, when you're putting stuff together in your own company, a lot of people's uh, points of views, and trying to schedule everything. It's a lot. So yeah, I, I can see how running your own stuff can be just as exhausting as like being under a window or whatever. Um, all right. Well, let's see. Let's take a quick break here and then we'll get into a couple more things and your Streamlab super chats. And uh, we'll be right back right after this. All right. Let's get into it, Jeff. Some people have been mentioning some Denzel Washington story. Did you have you heard anything about this? Uh, are they retracting it now? Is it, is it a bullshit story? What's I have no idea what they're talking about. Okay. 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 Uh, let's see. Fred says, uh, Hot Mike, the director of Godzilla Minus One is currently working on a movie before he does a Minus One sequel. Star Wars question, are rumors of a Visions movie in the works, and could it be him? Jeff, have you heard anything about this? No idea on any of that. Okay. Uh, yeah, he is working on another one, but he's talking about the kaijus fighting each other in a sequel uh, for Godzilla Minus One. He wants to be able to combine the human element with this kaiju battle element, so we'll see if he ends up pulling that off could be interesting and uh going to work on another film before he tackles a sequel to godzilla minus one i think is a good thing um faisal hadi says hey guys jeff uh, how do you feel about killian murphy winning the oscar now after taking sag are you changing your predictions now jeff? no I, I mean how long have you guys been watching me or reading me Th this means nothing okay i mean there's a hundred twenty thousand voters in sag mm -hmm. don't you think that you know, most of those people, like the majority of them maybe liked Oppenheimer more or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think that the, the larger the sample size, the more a movie like Oppenheimer or Barbie or whatever mm -hmm. fares well when you shrink it. Yeah. I think it's the reverse. Um, I think that the taste becomes a little bit more refined. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've said all along that Paul Giamatti is the front runner and I'm going to stick with that prediction totally fine if killian murphy wins like he, he was very good i yeah. just don't remember getting out of that movie and being like fucking this guy's gonna win best best actor like really okay all right there you go there's your answer uh nelia says good tuesday gentlemen just throw some good vibes your way keep up the fantastic work fellas thank you nelia appreciate it john lee says do you think wb gets bought by comcast wall street seems to have very little faith in wbd right now as the stock has gone down 65% since the merger. Jeff. I'm sorry, John. I'm going to need you to repeat that. <laughs> you son of a bitch. John Lee says, do you think Warner Brothers Discovery gets bought by Comcast? Wall Street seems to have very little faith in WBD. Right now, as the stock has gone down 65% since the merger. Yes. You think WBD will get bought out by Comcast? Yes. Okay. 
I think especially with like today, didn't it come out today that Warner Brothers is like it's pencils down for Warner yeah. Brothers and they're not going to do the Paramount thing? Mm-hmm. I think that's because it's like, yeah, let's just sit back and fucking get bought. Yeah. Uh, Karen need, Thank you, Karen, for the sweet super sticker. Appreciate that. Thanks, Karen. Is this a friend of yours? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, <laughs> just the way you're reacting. These are all friends of mine. These are you're all my oh. children. Oh my god. Steve McTee says, love the show, gentlemen. Jeff, any Marvel rumblings worth mentioning? Jeff, yes. Well, we asked you about that at the beginning of the uh, episode. Do you have any new marvelings, Marvel rumblings over the last few minutes? Yes, absolutely. The new Wolverine is Vigo Mortensen. No. Oh. Have, no. What? <laughs> no, I, I don't have any uh, Marvel Daniel Craig rumblings. is Doctor Doom. Uh, I don't have and... any rumblings. Yeah, really. You guys are killing me with this shit. Um. Yeah. Vigo in the MCU, though. I like that. I, I just spit that off the top of my head, by the oh, way. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jeff Snyder is sending us hints. There's signals. Guys, read between the lines. Uh, uh, I have Robert's not heard anything right. about Vigo in Marvel. Hey, guys. Any any Pixar scoops like Toy Story 5? Do you have anything on that, Jeff? Anything going on on that front? No. No, <laughs> no, no I don't. All right. Loser screw laser screwdriver says, Do you guys think long legs will be good? The teasers for it reeled me in big time. Love the show. I do think it will be good. I think yeah. it will be very good. You 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 can't release a shitty movie like that on that date. Like that is a date of supreme confidence, I feel like, in the middle of summer. Uh it's gonna be the antidote to all this fucking corporate blockbuster bullshit. And I can't wait to see. Nick Cage just fucking murder people. It's an interesting cast. Nick Cage, Micah Monroe, Alicia Witt, who I haven't heard much about in a, in quite some time. Blair Underwood as well. Um, and it's set in, in the 1970s. Um, a film. The film focuses on Lee Harker, a new FBI agent who has been assigned to an unsolved case Harker. of a serial killer. And the occult gets involved as he investigates it further. So could be good. And certainly Nick has popped up with some interesting projects over the last few years for sure. JC Midas says, just want to say love you guys. Jeff, shame you couldn't join us at the Mail Online. What is that? The Dude. <laughs> is that where you worked for like a week? I Listen, I very much appreciated the work at that moment uh, yeah. for Daily Mail. I worked for 24 hours. It was just, <laughs> I mean, that was, that was something. <laughs> They, they're like they're like go on some model's Instagram page and write up her bikini shoot, and I'm like, this doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah. Um, but it was mo- it wasn't even that. Like I'm fine doing that. It was just so much like back end stuff. Like you got to cut photos like this size, this size, and this size. You got to have this keyword and this keyword, and like check that. And I was like, I can't. I'm too old for this. Oh, like, I can't. I can't wait to start a YouTube channel. I can't fucking. Wait till you understand my pain. I can't fucking. It's wait. gonna be. It's gonna be so basic. Yeah, sure. It's gonna be you're, so not be, you're not gonna be able to get away with base. That's what I'm telling you. Anyway, Lemmy Ward says, "Love the show." Do you think Dune Part Two weekend box office forecasts are underbaked? Yes, I do. But I, I said it go over 100 million domestically. Uh, I see Deadline already has it as 170 million uh, worldwide. But already people are posting sold out. Sold out fucking pictures from theaters for tickets. So I think the demand for Dune 2 is bigger than people. Sold out pictures. Did the same for Barbie and Oppenheimer. And that turned out to be a really massive thing. So go ahead. I'm going to say 
Same prediction as before, 88 to 92 million. Okay. I say a one to one twenty-five. That's what I say. Mike Joyce says, haven't checked out Jen Gillis's comedy yet. Is he actually a good comedian or just popular because he was canceled? No, he's good. I would say he's good. Jeff. Yeah, he's he's yeah. a pretty good stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Better be for the money I paid to see him in May. <laughs> just for a guy to walk along. Hey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, let's see. Megatube99 says, we obviously have yet to see them, but based on talent alone, which 2024 films could give Dune 2 some good competition at the 2025 Oscars? Yeah, Jeff, well, let me add this. Do you think, because I see some people now speculating that Dune 2 might run out of steam, won't get nominated, it's coming out in March, but we've seen, you know, Black Panther get nominated. Certainly, um, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once won Best Picture, and uh, Michelle Yao won Best Actress, and that came out in March. So do you think there are competitors, and do you think it's it's too early or not too early for this film to come out? for Oscar consideration. No, I think, uh, I don't think it's too early. I think that this will maintain and still be a contender, um, at this mm -hmm. time next year. Uh, I do think it'll be a best picture nominee. I think it's just so far superior to the first film. Would you agree on that front? Oh, hundred. It is. I wouldn't say it was far superior, but I would say it was superior for sure. Yeah. And, and well, that movie did really well at the Oscars and that mm -hmm. was in a full year. Whereas this is going to be a strike affected year a little bit. Yes, true. Um, so I think it's going to fare very, very well. And one last note on the Daily Mail. I forgot why it's, I really didn't take that job. Uh, it's because they asked me to work weekends. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm like almost 40. Like, I don't work weekends. Like, again, I, I, you're, you want me to write the bikini stuff? You want me to hit 10 million buttons and keywords and all that oh. shit? I'll do it. But like, I ain't doing it on a Saturday. Daddy plays basketball on Saturday. They were like, yeah. Daddy, they, they were like, Daddy, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> I was like, oh. you're damn right, it's not. Oh, Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for paying wait. me. Today. I can't wait till this fucker starts a YouTube channel. Weekends off? What the fuck is that? Uh, David Ebakimi says, sending good vibes. Love the work you both do. Thanks so much. Uh, we appreciate it, David. And good picture, David, if that's you. I like the look. I like the look. Handsome um, bastard, David. <laughs> Casper said, why is it okay to be racist towards white people? It's not okay to be racist towards white people, suggesting that you all have enough shows and that there could be a little bit of the piece of the pie for people of color or black people is not racist. You might want to look that up in the fucking dictionary. That's not racist, okay? I'm not saying white people shouldn't have shows. That's fucking racist. Saying white people have enough shows because you're 90% of the fucking shows on television? That's not being Just racist. And ask this little piece of beef. That's not fucking racist. For God's sakes. Yeah. I, I swear, people, these anti woke people throw this nonsense around when they have a really ignorant understanding of what racism actually is. And I've never experienced it, by the way, because it's always, it's almost always white people throwing that around. You've never experienced it, really never experienced racism. The day you're afraid to, the day you're afraid when a cop pulls you over to even move in your car, that's fucking racism. Okay. There's the difference here. You guys don't understand. So. Anyway, um, let's see here. Oh, we got another one that came through. Let me worse it. Rather than setting up your own channel, Jeff, why don't you boys do more weekly shows? Ah, Jeff wants his money. That's why. So Yeah, Roka can't afford me. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, Jonathan, no, look, if we could, if we, I, 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 Jeff and I have pitched this to him many fucking times that we should do a Sirius XM daily show. It would be the show of shows and i think it would be great 
Get me but, a fucking hosting job at Sirius XM and you got it. Yeah, we'll both do it. But Jeff thinks he's above me. That's the difference. Jeff, he's as he said the other day on the phone, he thinks he's the talent and I'm just some some shtuck that likes to get messed around. That's not the game here, okay? But he sees it that way. So there's no way. We I absolutely do game. not see it that way. I could not do uh, this show without you, Johnny boy. Jonathan Pexton, I appreciate that. So do you think we might see reemergence of the movie stars at the box office with the younger talented stars like Zendaya, Timothy Chalamet, Tom Holland, Austin Butler, Flounce Pugh? I'm going to assume that's Florence Pugh, Glenn Powell, Sidney Sweeney. Yeah, Jeff, we've got a really strong stable of young actors who are now kind of burning up Hollywood in numerous projects and certainly starting to look at the possibility of a whole new hollywood with these people winning uh, awards and look i would put emma stone in there even though she's kind of somewhat of a veteran now having been nominated a number of times for oscars and having won one so do you like the look of young hollywood do you like the talent that's coming out through young hollywood what are your thoughts on this question i do hmm. i do no. um you know it's it's always tough to to see like who's going to last and and survive and have like 30 40 year year careers and where they stay on top yeah um but yeah i do like this incoming crop between timmy and austin butler and uh glenn powell i think that these are you know strong leading men and um you know i i think that we were probably without those guys there was a period you know maybe a decade ago where like things were looking bleak particularly on the american side yeah 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 yeah, agreed. And uh, where's uh, Mike? I don't know. Mike, sometimes I think you say the dumbest shit and then the nicest shit. Like, Roke isn't, of course, Jeff is getting money off the show, for fuck's sake. Uh, I don't know. Some people are rich. Just, yeah. Well, when you guys pay more, he'll make more. That's how it works, you know? And so I see somebody else who signed up for your newsletter. Did you also subscribe to the channel? Because, you know, Thank you, I, I love that. So, um, but I make no money off of people subscribing to his news. So, if you want to subscribe to this channel, I would appreciate it. Comic Thing says, could Feige take Alan Bergman's job when the contract is up? Ooh, Jeff, that seems, I don't know if that's correlative. Would he do that? I mean, talk about even more restrictions on him. What's your thoughts on this? Conf- uh, I, 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 I do think that. I think I may have alluded to that once or twice. Oh, really? Um, okay. that, that I'd heard that that was what Kevin was pushing for. Hmm. Sorry. Yeah, I, I did hear that. <laughs> Lord of Darkness is fun fact, Roger. There's back to black Amy Winehouse film coming out. It looks good. There's a trailer that dropped recently. Yeah, I've seen all three of the trailers that dropped. Um, I'm not 100 percent Let's just watch the movie in two and a half minute chunks and just watch all the trailers. <laughs> I'm not convinced that um she's gonna be able to capture Amy Winehouse. That's a very, very difficult person to capture because she was incredibly interesting and complex and there were a lot of uh, sides to her and i don't know that that actress is necessarily has it and from what i've seen from the trailer i haven't been 100 convinced whereas i thought kingsley benadir did a wonderful job with bob marley in the film even with the limited amount of emotional stuff they gave him to navigate the film i thought he was wonderful as bob marley and captured a lot of bob marley's essence i don't know necessarily the actress playing her is gonna do that with this film uh, have you seen any of these trailers Jeff? um yeah i thought i thought it looked good okay but, uh 
Yeah, we're going, we're going, we're going long, Johnny. If we're going to do these Nolan Oscars, these oh, have, oh, these shit, may, these may have to wait. I mean, we might, we may have to push it. We may have to push the Nolan Oscars to Thursday again. This is our Matt Damon. The Nolan Oscars have become our Matt Damon. For God's sake, so. all right. Um, King Nirvana says, John, Jeff, speaking of mergers, being a person who just is working at, oh, I'm sorry. Hi, John and Jeff. Speaking of mergers, being a person who's just working in Universal Studios Hollywood for months, will a merger affect the parks like cutting people? Thanks. Well, I have no idea about any of that. Don't want to even speculate, but I mean, how can you even afford to cut people at a park? Like you still need people operating the rides and mm. selling the concessions. And uh, I think it would be tough to operate to like get rid of a bunch of people at the park. Right. Everyone's there for a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Um, I having I worked at the park for three years uh, in the Harry Potter, uh, the wizarding world of Harry Potter as a, as a wand keeper doing the shows and stuff. Um, and I have been a part of when they've had to constrict and cut down hours, cut down, performances because people aren't coming so i think the only reason you would cut stuff at a park is if people are not coming to the park in the same numbers and droves that they did before that's usually the sign when they start to cut people and cut hours and what have you so the hollywood movie side of things isn't going to really affect much of what you do with the parks that's why disney has a separate parks department and a disney uh, different uh, movies department it's two completely different things um, and if one starts to fall down, then they start to make cuts where that one is falling down if they can't fix it. So that's what I would be worried about if I were you. Uh, let's see. Alejo uh, says, you don't have a membership for your channel. Uh, no, I don't. I, I, you know, What would you guys want? If someone wants to take control of that, let me know what you want from the channel. I'll happily do memberships. But I don't want people signing up for stuff that I can't deliver. Uh, I would hate to have that be a part of it. Um, all right, let's hit some of these streams. Oh, Jeff, do you want to say anything? No, we're, what do you, what do you yeah, we're going to have a membership. Don't listen to John about anything. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're talking gonna about do a Patreon. Channel. Oh, the Patreon. We'll see. We are getting about money now. I can't imagine a Patreon how that works. All right. Da- Daffod Moody says, Hello, John and Jeff. I'm a huge fan since the Schmodown days. John, when you won the title for Merle, it was so emotional to watch. God, it seems like a lifetime ago. I was wondering if either of you have heard anything about the new Alien movie. Alien Romulus coming out in August. Thank you. Um, Jeff, first of all, thanks, Davidy Movie. Davidy Moody. Uh, Jeff, what have you heard about the new Alien movie? Anything at all? I mean, just that Jordan Rumi report, which was fucking gnarly. Mm. <laughs> you know, about the where the alien explodes from. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, that sounded <laughs> awesome. I don't know if you want to do that. Uh, no, haven't heard anything, but hopefully it's good. Uh, Alien could use a hit, for God's sakes. Um, Joe Clow says, do you think Harry Potter series will bring in enough subscribers to justify whatever the cost is? I feel like there's still room to expand the world in movies. Oh, yeah. I think it'll absolutely bring people in to be subscribers to um, HBO Max or Max. Don't you think, Joe? Or no? Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. We're also going to oh, test says, Jeff, what's your go to food at the movie theater? You know this, don't you, John? Um, no, I don't. I don't think. Uh, oh. Remind me. Pretzel bites, guys. Oh, yeah, that's right. Salted pretzel bites. I'm fucking made out of pretzel bites. Mm. I what I do now when I go to the movies in San Diego is if there's a Wetzel pretzels in the area by the movie theater, I get the pretzel bites with the cheddar cheese. I bring a small black bag and put it in there so nobody can ask questions about me bringing a black bag into the movie theater. 
uh, and then I'll get a Coke at the movie theater. So I'm not like fully not giving them any money when I go to a screening. So that's what I do. So I agree with you. Pretzel bites. I would take those over popcorn any day of the week. Popcorn's gross. No, uh, nachos are the backup. Ooh, nachos. Interesting. Okay. With meat or without? Meat? Have you been to the movie theater ever? There's no meat on the nachos. Sometimes they put meat on the nachos. No, I don't know where you're going to the movies. There's no meat on the nachos. I go to the IPIC in Pasadena. I go to the Alamo. They put meat on your nachos. Um, Megatube 9 says, uh, says uh, breaking in a new lawsuit, Amazon has been accused of using AI during the strikes to replicate actors' voices for Roadhouse in order to have the film ready before the copyright expired. This is coming from the LA Times. Ooh, Jeff, what are your thoughts on that? Totally believe it. Um, I think that there are a lot of people who took a lot of shortcuts during the strikes. If you really? think every big writer just like went pencils down and yeah. work on scripts like under the table. Yeah. You're crazy. Bullshit. I agree. I agree. hundred uh, percent. Levers 12 says, loved you guys since the Shmodan and glad we got the hot mic on a weekly basis. What do you, uh, thank you. Uh, what do you think are challengers 2025 Oscars chances and it's box office a nom for Zendaya or Luca Guadagnino, or is the movie coming out a little too early? Yeah. They dropped a new trailer the other day, Jeff. Um, good trailer. Uh, your thoughts here. Do you think that's a film that could challenge? Okay, bro, before we get into its awards chances, I just, I have to beat this out of you guys. Okay. I want to beat it out of you. A movie's release date has nothing to do with its awards chances. We can pretend it does, but a move movies are made for one reason. What reason is that John hit me with it to make money? Yes. So they will be slotted where they can best make money. Right. Okay. Um, do I think of that as an awards movie? No. Uh, do I think it, she will be nominated? No. Um, so wait, wait. So you don't think that Air coming out as early as it did uh, didn't? You think it didn't affect its Oscar chance? You think if Air came out in November or October or September, it, it would have had a better chance? Don't you think to be considered no. for Best Picture? No, movie's the same. Same movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with Jeff. I hear his point of view, but I don't agree with him. I, but I you think really think that that's how how voters think, John? That where yes. they're like, oh, air, that good good movie, but it came out in April. We can't vote for it. No, they go. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm not going to revisit it. I watched it back then. I don't, I'm focused on these other things that are in front. Okay, but if had, they thought it was great, then have you met then... human beings before? I mean, they they really it's about whatever's fucking in front of them. When they open the refrigerator, they only eat about whatever's in front of them. You know, it's, 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 most people are like that. So. No, well, then I, I, I guess I guess it, they, that air didn't stand out to them. I what mean, about Blackberry? People loved Blackberry, and nobody nominated. There, people, every they, year, people are... love Blackberry. How many people saw fucking Blackberry? Well, that's made what like I'm getting at. Two million right? dollars. Yeah. So I'm just saying, there's a there's a lot of films every year that don't get nominated that should get nominated, and well, not to say a lot, but there's a select few to a lot but their release dates if blackberry comes out on christmas day come see glenn howerton in blackberry it's not like the movie suddenly a blockbuster that gets nominated for oscars that's absurd aren't we talking about iron claw not coming out with enough time for it to get catch on or for origin to catch on we literally had this conversation weeks ago on the fucking show and we said that iron claw should have come out earlier and the marketing campaign should have been in motion earlier for that film. That's essentially saying it was released too early. Or it, it wasn't 100% released. release dates uh, so cannot. It does matter. 
Release dates do. No, it, it doesn't because what, what we're saying is that uh, it got the fucking primo Christmas release date, right, For that's reserved for Oscar contenders, mm-hmm. and it didn't get fucking anything because it didn't screen early enough. That's the reason. So that's just a, like a publicity strategy. That's them not knowing what they had. It has nothing to do with the release date. They if got it, the release date, and it had no effect. That proves the point. No. If it had released in November or October, the hype could have built up. Exactly. And would have been uh, motivated to go but, see but, it. But, and but here well. we are talking about April and May as, oh, it's not a, you know, if it's coming out in April and May, it's not, it can't be a, uh, an Oscar contender. Well, when did when did Silence of the Lambs come out? When did uh, Everything Everywhere come out? No, no, I know. There's exceptions to this for sure, but I think there are films that get lost in the mix that come out earlier in the year. But you and I are just going to agree to disagree on that one, man. But they don't get you're you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth right now, Roku. You don't understand that. What are they are they being forgotten or are they having five, six, seven months like we've been talking about how good Air is and how good Glenn yeah. Howard isn't Blackberry? They the, those movies benefited from coming out as early as they did because they needed to be talked about for six months and it still didn't matter. Well, you're telling me you're telling me if get rid of those six months, okay? Those movies come out in November or December. And now we're only talking about them for one month or two months, but it's the right one month or two months? Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Very much so. It's ridiculous. Very much so. Why do you think they release movies later in the year that they think are their best Oscar bait movies? Because they know voters are like, whatever's in front of me, I'm going to consider. They're not going to go, you know what? Let me look back on these 500 movies and let me guess what happened on February 22nd. That's not what they fucking do. A lot of the voters are like, whatever's come out recently, since this is supposed to be the Oscar bait. See, the problem with you, man, is you think these voters live on high in the noble mansion of intelligence. And the truth is, they're human fucking beings. And they're going to vote for whatever's in front of them, whatever's in their mind. What's the thing we always say is the crisis of uh, immediacy, right? These are these things that you talk about when you're this is the greatest player of all time. People are already saying Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT. And it's like Tom Brady just fucking retired. The Iron Claw was right in front of them, right? It was right in front of them with a Christmas Day release, wasn't it? A Christmas Day release, I think if it had come out in October or or September, that's a different situation. You'd have had more hype for it, could have built it up. So now, so now September is Oscar season? John, John, please. Fall is the Oscar season. September is in the fall. September we- is a dumping ground. Dumping Oh, ground. So, now does, so now it does matter when a film is released because September is a dumping ground. So if you release a film in September, it clearly shouldn't be considered for Oscars. Which is it? Talking out of total sides of your mouth. What are you talking about? Jesus. No, let me illustrate the point for you, okay? The <sighs> zone of interest. I can't wait. Okay? Would not have made the money that it did if it came out in April. You have no way to quantify that. Zero. You it's have no way opinion. to quantify anything you're saying either. Exactly. It's just our opinions. I told you, I told you to agree to disagree like five minutes ago. You want to keep going with this, you know? Um, all right. Let's see if there's any more to do. do. <laughs> Ari, uh, Altara says, I love your show, guys. Not only content, but your interaction with each other. I can feel the love between you two, even when you fight. You guys are the real deal. Wish you did this show daily. Yeah, well, you know, if there was enough money in it, I think both of us would be happy to do the show daily for sure. Yeah, if if uh, if I wanted my blood pressure to spike through the fucking roof, I do this show daily. Yeah, that's the difference between a Latino and a white guy, man. To me, this is a fucking Tuesday. This kind of spiking is just standard operating procedure, man. 
<laughs> we just burn hotter. That's all. Um, let's see. B -b -b I think that's all the Streamlabs and Super Chats, man. So maybe we should wrap it up there. Uh, no, anything? I'm not ready to wrap it up. We're going to talk about American Psycho. Oh, oh, that's to, right. The reboot. That's how we're going to end the show. Let's, let's, let's do it. <laughs> Perfect timing okay. after a battle between us. Let's go. American Psycho. So this was a story that I obviously released in the wake of getting screwed on the Blue Mountain State thing. Oh, that's right. Yes. The story that I'd heard about months ago that like this was going to you know be a priority, but like you know, then they're like, eh, but we're not really like actively taking pitches yet. But like, this is, you know, trust me, this is an IP that Lionsgate has that has sort of been a cult thing for yeah. almost 25 years. Sure. I, I love that people are like, it's too soon. It's been tw almost 25 years. That's how long ago 2000 was. Yes, yeah, that is uh, we are allowed to revisit this. <laughs> now, I. What I basically said was that they want to reboot the property. Yes. I don't know if I 100% said that it was a movie because I'll tell you what. It could be a TV show. No one no Ooh. one in, in the millions of replies that I've gotten mm. over the last couple of days to this American Psycho story, I don't think I've heard anyone suggest this should be a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I definitely talked about that with Jamie. And like, why isn't Lionsgate TV making it they're um, they're true detective because American oh, Psycho point. could be an anthology show where there's a new fucking psycho every season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I definitely think like they should, they should consider that. And, and that was the point of the, the, the post is that yes, they want to reboot it. They want to get takes. Yeah. They'll come in there with, you know, good ideas, whether it's for a movie, a TV show, they're open. That's what I'm hearing is that they're open to all kinds of shit, but they want like a radical reinvention that takes place in the here and the now, not in the eighties. Okay. Um, and, and that's the other thing. People are like, this has to be set in the eighties. It's like a quintessentially eighties story. I'm like, how so? I, I, you know, I, I think that you take that ethos or, you know, just like the, what Patrick Bateman was all about and yeah. apply it to today. There's so many things you could do with it. I think you move away from a white guy. I think we've seen that with Christian Bale. And if 100%. you do a white guy, uh -oh. it has to be the complete opposite of Christian Bale. Uh-oh. Okay. You're moving off Okay, so like guy. Michael Sarah. Uh -oh. Like, imagine Michael Sarah, hot off Barbie. Fucking, mm -hmm. now he's American Psycho. I think someone like Charles Melton would, would be interesting. Hmm. I mean, because when, you know, like, what, what do Americans fear most, I feel like? It's yeah. China. China's, you know, taking over. China's going to be, right? They're going to they're gonna take over the world. The idea of, and I know he's Korean American, but like maybe a Chinese American, um, yeah, yeah, just just like a, you know, just imagine like um, sure, Melton or Henry Golding on the poster and it says American Psycho. I think that is interesting. I think a black guy would be interesting. Imagine Daniel Kaluuya. You can't get away with that, man. Why? Go insane. That would be that would be amazing. A, a, um, a black serial killer. Yeah. Okay. There aren't a lot of them. That's that's a unique take. You don't, I don't think, think the world is combustible though. enough then with, without introducing a black serial killer into a mainstream project? I don't know, man. That'd be kind of scary, but all right. I think it would be so fascinating. Okay. Um, I mean, Jamie had a great idea, or at least an interesting idea, to make mm. um, American Psycho a member of the Clinton campaign, the Hillary Clinton campaign, like the staffer. 
in 20. I think it'd be, why would that be? It'd be more, uh, it'd be more realistic with Trump. I mean, Stephen Miller is essentially American psycho. And no, I, I think it's the idea that the American psycho is, exists on both sides. And you have someone who's like, oh, Trump is a monster, you know, but like willing to kill to like get their yeah. point across. Maybe they're killing MAGA guys. Who fucking knows? There's a million ways you could take this. Sure. Um, and I think it would be fascinating. And I think Lionsgate needs to jump on it soon. Fair enough. I, I think it's. I want to go in another direction. If you do the reboot, I think you go with a woman. I think there's. I think that's the real way you go, where she is just out here cutting dicks off and doing all these crazy shit and really shaking men down to their fucking core. And we're men fear women like crazy nowadays. We see it with all their politics and trying to limit women's rights to choose what to do with their own bodies. Try to try to put essentially try to create a Handmaid's Tale society with some of the bullshit coming out of the mouth of some of these politicians uh, talking this nonsense about women. And we see women who want to fight back and push back and uh, get extreme. We've seen single, was it single? Was it the, um, uh, the promising a woman? That was an interesting film and seeing. So if you had a female American psycho, I think that could be so fascinating and interesting to explore and men and anti-woke people would lose their fucking minds, which is exactly who you want to piss off. And I think that would be incredible. And if you want to get people to watch a series or a movie, that's the way you do it. And you make it relate to real shit that's going on in our world. So I would be a thousand percent in uh, in love with that approach because nothing intimidates a man more than a woman who is uh, very clear about what she wants to do and how she wants to do it and enjoys inflicting pain on a man nothing i think at some point you do a woman like again if you do an anthology that's a great choice yeah i mean someone with the incredibly uh, beautiful and physical attributes to seduce and intimidate men and all of that using that power to destroy men there's nothing men fear more than that so hold on john okay all right let's uh i'll mute jeff for now so while he takes the call um yeah i think that would be a fantastic situation for sure um oh here oh i i forgot megatube was in here sorry buddy gotta block you because you're an asshole um uh, let's see here okay be back yep cool they already did that where did they where did they do that scene i'd love to know where they already did that where a woman is yeah uh, i've seen i've seen female serial killers before i don't think that's such a radical reinvention i think it actually needs more than that um you saw monster what other female serial killer uh, show or movie have you seen john you don't watch horror movies or serial killer movies so let me just oh, i do watch down. serial killer movies i mean I, and don't tell me i don't want the fuck man don't push that stupid ass narrative just like perry did fuck off man i watch a lot of horror shit and i voice well over if you did then you wouldn't say that you think you, th- you think monsters the only fucking movie about a fucking female serial maybe killer maybe 10, maybe 10 right fucking now. facts let's go 10 10 female serial killer movies bring it on what do you got? Yeah. You don't you don't got 10 female serial killer movies for all your bullshit. Get out of here, man. Uh okay, goodbye. Movies. See ya. <laughs> you don't got 10. All right, there you go. He's gone, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we've hit the wall, and that's Jeff storming out. So we're we're done with the show, I guess. So thanks to everybody who uh contributed and sent money in. Appreciate the stream labs and super chats. Let me take this down so we wrap up correctly um uh, and i appreciate all the comments certainly in the chat and what have you uh and so uh i thanks to everybody who hung out with us today uh we appreciate you all madly thanks for everybody sending in the uh, stream labs super chats 
Uh, and the comments, please remember to subscribe to the channel down below. Hit that uh, subscribe button, hit that bell button. So you see when we're dropping all the content we do here. Hit a like on the video, share it on your social media. And hey, more than anything else, please, so please uh, uh, let people know about the show and uh, let people know what's going on here on the channel with all the stuff going on. And for those of you who are, are going to watch Shogun, I will do a reaction and review for the show later on today and have some fun um there so we will see how that goes down uh later on tonight if you want to hang out with me 7 p.m pt we'll do an hour-long conversation about the first two episodes and hopefully you all can join me then uh all right the best uh best of love to all of you guys uh and uh we will talk to you next time with another brand new episode if there is another episode of the hot mic piece until <laughs>